2: listen to
3: the radio it's different our lives are ruined already
0: the whistler The tape will self-destruct in five seconds
3: hello everyone i'm carl amari and this is hollywood 360 the radio show that presents All things entertainment, including trivia contests and games, movie reviews, celebrity interviews, showbiz news, and classic radio shows. My co host is the quintessential Lisa Wolf. In this hour, it's a terrifying tale on the sealed book, hosted by Philip Clark from 1945. But first, it's Name That Tune. Lisa Wolf Cullen will play short clips from popular Halloween songs. Are they
4: Halloween songs? They're not. They're popular songs from the 1960s.
3: All right. And a Hollywood 360 listener contestant named Mark will uh, try to
4: name that tune. That's right. right? We've got Mark on the phone from Aurora, Illinois. Hey, Hey, Mark. Mark. Hi, Mark.
0: Hello. In my Toastmasters meeting this morning, the word quintessence was the word of the day.
4: Oh, nice.
0: Wow.
4: Like essential. Yeah. And
0: I'm listening to and I'm on the phone using my Apple AirPod Pro second generation two earbuds.
3: You know what? That sounds like a lot. That's like a mouthful. I
4: have those too. They're do awesome. You?
3: Boy, <laughs> do they sound good.
0: They do yeah? sound
4: good. Carl wow. doesn't even know what you're talking about, no. but that's okay. <laughs> sounds very technical,
3: Mark. Yeah.
4: Well, we're going to have some fun. They're a Bluetooth
3: fun. device. Ah. OK,
4: with uh, uh, Lisa
3: has green teeth, so that's perfect. Then.
4: Yeah, that's what happens <laughs> when you don't brush them very often.
3: <laughs> I'll, I'll warn you right out of
0: the gate. I'm stronger on late 60s than I am on early 60s.
4: All right. Um, I think you're going to be a OK.
3: Hmm. Okay, you're
0: good. gonna be
4: a okay. I've got my uh, sights set on mark. How many songs? We've got six songs. Six. They're all from the sixties. Just shout it out. Many of them, the late sixties. We're gonna shout it out. Okay, I guarantee yeah. you guys will know all of these songs. It's just a matter okay. of, of yeah. identifying yeah. the title. So shout out the title. Here's your first song.
0: I got you, Dave. There it is. There. Wow. Ah,
4: Sonny and Cher, written by Sonny song, from their debut and that song, album, and Look that It song Up.
0: Has the, and that song has the distinction of being one of the few rock and roll songs to feature an oboe. An oboe?
4: I did not know that. Huh. Yes. Interesting. Yes. Wow. Love... Yes.
3: That's the oboe.
4: There it is. Yes.
3: Wow, Mark. I'm impressed. All right.
4: Extra bonus points for I'm that. I'm impressed. <laughs> I, I still love this song. It has good memories. All right. All right. So far, so good. Here's your next song.
0: Oh, that's... Respect, respect your Carl I respect got you. it
4: first. Carl, that is oh. right. written and originally recorded by Otis Redding in 1965. Yes. But it was Aretha Franklin's interpretation that became an anthem for the feminist movement.
3: You know, every once in a while, I can get one. I deserve a little respect, Uh-oh. don't
0: you think? <laughs> no, you absolutely not well, I was going to say, when Carl gets it first, I don't get no respect. That's right.
4: <laughs> uh, all right, we're tied up. All right, here's your next song.
0: Oh, Good Vibrations, by The <laughs> Beach, uh, Beach Boys. You got
4: it. You got it. That's right. Wow, good Vibrations, Mark. the Beach Boys, composed oh, by Brian Wilson. I don't Lear- have a
3: chance. He's so
4: fast. 1966.
3: Just as, a
0: little, just as a little note, that song is as sophisticated as any classical music song. The Beach Boys, Brian Wilson was a genius.
3: Mm-hmm. So kind of like me. Yeah. Right? You, you, we'll just
4: call you Brian for the rest of the show. <laughs>
3: <laughs>
4: oh, right. oh my god.
3: Okay, we'll
4: He's got two. Done? He's got two and you have one. Two to one? That's we did correct. three so We've far. Done, that would add Ooh. up to three.
5: <laughs> <laughs>
4: all right. I still have a chance. I Are you with
1: us,
3: Carl? I'm with you. Okay, here's number four. <laughs> okay, number four. uh uh-uh. The lion sleeps tonight uh, by the token.
4: I knew that. <laughs> You're good, Mark. You are good.
0: <laughs> I knew that one. That yeah, is right. I 19... come out with a roar, don't I? Ah,
4: there you go. 1961 became a number one hit by the token.
0: Just, uh, this, uh, this is the main ingredient. That's in a lion's mane.
4: <laughs>
3: <laughs> That's really good. All right, three to one. It's, ooh, I got to get both of these here.
4: Something tells me yeah. Mark's gonna get yeah, you. On the only line.
3: reason I didn't get respect was
0: that the phone line obscured it.
4: What happened? The phone
0: line obscured it. Oh, the phone line obscured it. Oh. All right. So what's yeah, our next? that's my excuse.
4: All right, I'll take it. All right, here's what's the next song. My excuse, no. <laughs> yeah. <laughs>
0: Oh, Daydream oh. Believer wow. by the Monkees. What? And that Jamie is right. He's the soloist and John Stewart's composer.
4: Yes, yes, and yes. Okay, and who recorded this song, Mark, in 1979? And it, it became. Uh... Uh, Anne Murray. Yes. What? Oh, my gosh. Yes, Mark. yes, and yes. Who are you, Mark? He's and, uh, and John Stewart's uh,
0: famous composed song was Gold. It was about the golden rock and roll music.
4: Mark, how do you know all of this?
3: <laughs> what was it?
4: A little Wikipedia here. Man,
3: he is, he is you good. You are an encyclopedia. Mark, you're, you're amazing. All right, one more, I All guess. All right, here's
4: the last song.
3: <laughs> oh, the last one already?
0: Yeah. Oh, this is Brown Eyed Girl by uh, Van Morrison. <laughs>
4: yes. <laughs> that is right. Uh, anything you can when tell us about the it is clearly you know more football, than I do.
0: Out in the back of the football field. What
4: happened?
3: Plan a new
2: game. <laughs>
0: Make it out in the back of the foot. Right,
4: 1967.
3: Man, yep. you know, it's good. These are great songs, Lisa. But I gotta tell you, Mark. They I are. am really, really impressed oh, with your too. brain. Me too. Your brain is something else.
1: <laughs> <laughs> we'll no,
3: leave it I at don't that. Think it'll, I don't think it'll be donated to science when <laughs> I die. But. Oh my gosh. You are something
0: that else. That
4: was fantastic. Very impressive. You know your 60s. Do you know any other decades yeah. or is that the your Tuesday decade? 70s. All right, maybe next oh week we'll God, try some seventies.
0: At least early seventies.
4: All right, oh maybe next goodness. week we'll play some 70s you We'll have some fun. Well, Mark,
3: I am I'm so impressed. I'm going to send you some uh, CDs in the mail. You're going to love them. And, uh, call, back and oh, sure oh. call back and play again. I will. Call back and play again because you're was a great player. So ones great ones having that, you. I've
0: noticed that the ones that come from your show in the mail don't have the liner notes in them.
3: Oh really? Okay. Well, I'll make sure you. I make sure that you do have some. I think that's because our earlier ones, our earlier collections, did not have liner notes. Now they do. So I think we were sending out the earlier ones. But I'll make sure you get liner notes. Okay, my friend?
0: Yeah. Okay. Well, whatever you can do. Yeah, Yeah. you got it, Mark.
3: Hey, thanks so much. Happy Halloween.
0: (laughs) You too. And Halloween Halloween does not honor Satan. It repels Satan.
3: That's right. It sure does. And uh, you're just an amazing player. Play again with us sometime soon. When we come back, it's the sealed book. Stick around.
0: More Hollywood 360 after these important messages.
4: Hi, everyone. If you've been injured in an accident that was not your fault, listen up.
3: You'll find out if you have a case and how much it's potentially
4: worth. Thanks, John. You heard it, folks. Take advantage of this opportunity and call now. 800-494-8310.
3: Advertisement sponsored by Legal Help Center may not be available in all states. And now back to Hollywood 360 with Carl Amari. Please help us get to our funding goal on Bold Venture by going to our Kickstarter website, just search Bold Venture Kickstarter. And even if you don't pledge, which of course we hope you will help us get to our funding goal so we can transfer all 78 episodes and send you these uh, amazing episodes. I would just uh, implore you to, Go to our website and check it out because there's videos there. There's audio clips there. There's the whole story of Frederick Ziv, the most prolific radio producer and syndicator of all time. The guy was incredible. And I licensed his entire library. Boston Blackie, Bold Venture. I was a communist for the FBI. Philip Marlowe, Favorite Story, The Easy Aces, so many more shows I licensed the entire Frederick Ziv radio library, and we're starting with Bold Venture, and hopefully we will raise enough money to transfer professionally transfer these shows. We're about halfway there, so if you can help, that would be amazing. But we just love you to go to the uh, Kickstarter website because there's all these videos, the transfer process, you'll hear the quality of the Bold Venture shows. And read all about Frederick Ziv, who is, uh, as I say, the most prolific producer of these Golden Age of radio shows. So just search "Bold Venture Kickstarter," "Bold Venture Kickstarter" in your um, search bar, and it'll take you right to our right to our website. All right, time now for the sealed book. This is called "I'll Die Laughing." Oh, scary stuff! It's a horror story about a treasure cave with a curse on it. And uh, May 27th, 1945, part one now of The Sealed Book.
6: The Sealed Book. again the keeper of the book has opened the ponderous door to the secret vault wherein is kept the great sealed book in which is recorded all the secrets and mysteries of mankind through the ages. Here are tales of every kind tales of murder of madness of dark deeds strange and terrible beyond all belief keeper of the book I would know what tale we tell this time. Open the great book and let us read. Slowly, the great book opens. One by one, the keeper of the book turns the pages and stops. Ah, the strange story of three people who ventured into a long-lost cavern, a cavern cursed by the ancient Aztecs, a tale called I'll Die Laughing. Here is the tale I'll Die Laughing as it is written in the pages of the sealed book. It begins in one of the big old houses on Knob Hill in San Francisco. John Dayton, a huge, fat, middle-aged man, is laughing at a story that Dr. Smith, his personal physician, has just told him.
5: <laughs> oh, say, Doc, that's a good one. <laughs> i <I'll> remember that. <laughs>
6: You'd better remember the other things I told you, too, John.
5: I will, Doc, I will. (laughs) Thanks for dropping in. That's quite all right. (laughs) Goodbye, John. Goodbye. Yes, dear? (laughs) What did he say? Did he
4: think the dizzy spells you've been having were serious?
5: Oh, of course not. (laughs) He said I'd live to be 90. He just told me to stop working so hard at the office and learn to take things easy, that's all.
6: (laughs) You have been spending too much time at the office, John.
5: Well, I'm thinking of taking a vacation. A long vacation. Now, please excuse me, dear. There's someone upstairs in the study waiting to see me.
6: John,
4: who is that horrible-looking old man waiting up there for you?
5: Well, I'll explain that later, dear. (laughs) Oh, say, when Harvey gets here, send him right up to the study, will you?
2: All right, John.
4: Yes? Oh, Harvey, come in.
1: Hello, Laura. John Phone said he wanted to see me. Is he in?
4: Yes, he's upstairs now.
1: Laura, listen. Is it about us? Oh,
4: no. He doesn't suspect anything. This is about something else. He has a perfectly weird old man up there with him now who. Yes, can... I know.
1: An old prospector named Gippy Gordon. that
4: him? What do you mean?
1: Well, this Gordon came, so I talked to him. He told me a ridiculous story about a lost Aztec treasure in a secret cave in New Mexico. I knew it was just the kind of thing that John would love, so I told Gordon to come and see John here at the house. And I warned him to be sure not to mention having spoken to me.
2: But why, Harvey?
1: I want John to decide to go looking for that treasure and to take us along.
2: I... I don't understand.
1: Darling, John is like a boy in many ways, but he isn't a complete fool. If he finds out about us, we'll both be out in the cold. You would lose this lovely mansion and all the things you enjoy so, and I'd lose my job as lawyer for the John Dayton Enterprises.
2: Oh, I... tell John we love each other and that...
1: And live in a garret someplace on love and a crust of bread... No, Laura, it wouldn't work.
2: No, no, I suppose not. What are we going to do?
1: Suppose something should happen to John. An accident, say.
2: Harvey, you don't mean that... Harvey, is
5: that you? Uh, Yes,
1: John, I'm on my way up now.
2: Hurry up, old man. I've got something mighty interesting
1: for you. Right away, John.
2: (laughs) Harvey?
5: Harvey? This is Gimpy Gordon, a prospector. Gimpy, this is Harvey Lewis, my legal advisor. How do you do? Howdy, Mr. Lewis. Harvey, I've just paid Gimpy here $5,000 for a map showing the location of a buried Aztec treasure in a haunted cave. What? Yeah.
1: Better sit down on that one.
5: (laughs) Well, where is this treasure? Well, Harvey, you've heard of the Devil's Cavern, haven't you? Tremendous cave mentioned in early historical records of the Southwest... But apparently lost for the last three or four hundred centuries? Why,
1: yes, I read something about
5: it. It's supposed to have miles of winding
1: passageways in which a man could wander for weeks without finding a way out. That's the one, and
5: I found it. Huh? Well, the gist of the story is this In 1554, a Spanish looting expedition led by a nobleman named de Mendez had acquired a great wealth of jewels and gold figurines, which Demendez put into three small brass-bound chests. I see. Go on, John. Well, this treasure just made Demendez greedier. A story whispered to him by an Aztec priest led him to Devil's Cave. And Demendez and his men entered the cave only to find out they'd fallen into a trap. Well, the Aztecs attacked them, and all were killed but Demendez. He found his way into a great central cavern about a half-mile from the entrance of the cave. And in that cavern, there's a natural shaft, like a well. Uh, the
2: devil's well, that's the name of it. It bubbles and gurgles and a way to drive a man mad. Oh, take it
5: easy, Gimpy, take it easy. <laughs> well, Harvey, Mendez reached this devil's well. And when the Aztecs closed in on him, he threw the treasure into the well and leaped in after it himself. So the priest sealed up the cave and put a curse on it.
1: A curse? Oh, come now, John. You don't believe in that. Oh,
2: it's true. It's true, Mr. Lewis. The curse was that nobody who went into the cave to get the treasure could ever get out again alive. They was doomed to die there.
1: I see. But you say you went into the cave and came out again alive, so it can't be much of a curse. Oh, but
2: it is, Mr. Lewis. It killed Pedro, my Indian, and it's still after me. I wouldn't go back there again if it was worth a million. But assuming your story's true, how could anyone find
1: their way into the cave and out again?
2: There's a string marking the route, Mr. Lewis. Two months ago, me and Pedro found the entrance. We tied the string to a rock and went in, letting it unroll behind us. Took us a week, it did, to find our way to the big room where the devil's well is... But we made it. And then what happened? Well, I I had a hundred-foot rope and some big hooks. We fished around in the well for the chests, and by and by, we drew one of them up. You actually fished up one of the treasure chests? Yeah. It was about so long and so wide and six inches high. I shook it, and we could hear the jewels rattle inside of it. Where is it now? What happened to it? Well, when Pedro seen the chest, he grabbed for it and tried to push me into the well. Well, I ducked, and Pedro got hold of the chest when all of a sudden he fell over into the well with it. Well, what did you do? Oh, I run for it before the cave and the well could get me, too. I followed the string back, and I didn't stop till I was outside... All the way, I heard Pedro calling to me for help. And now, now whenever I hear the will, I hear him, too, calling to me, still calling to me.
5: Well, Harvey, that's the story. And making all due allowances, I think it's well worth investigating, don't you? Hmm. See, it
1: is an interesting yarn, John. And I think it'd be a lot of fun to look into it, whether we find any treasure or not.
5: Good. Then we'll do it. You and me and Laura. It'll be a vacation for all of us. Oh, no. No.
2: No. no. What is it, Gimpy? What's the matter? He looks scared to death. The devil's well. I hear it again. It's calling me. Oh, come
5: now, Gimpy. You're letting your nerves get the better of you. No, no,
2: no. I hear it, I tell you. (laughs) Listen.
5: We don't hear a thing, Gordon. It's just your
2: imagination. No, no, no. I hear it. I hear it. Oh. Gimpy, help me. Save me, Gimpy. It's there. Either well, I hear it. And Pedro's calling to me. I
5: hear it. Oh, nonsense. I it's just your imagination, Gimpy. looks <laughs> as if he's
2: going to think. Gimpy, he help me. Save me. <laughs> In the well, he's calling to me. Hey, John, grab him.
1: Good grief, he's dead.
3: Good grief. Charlie, Charlie Brown. Brown, yeah. I wonder if there's going to be the Charlie Brown pumpkin Keynotes special. Right? Is there
4: one? I hope um, so. It's a great pumpkin. I'll watch Charlie it. Brown.
3: I will watch it.
4: It's so good. I mean, you can actually watch that anytime if you want to. I
3: guess, but it's more it seems fun special on to Halloween. watch it, yeah. Um, anyway, we're listening to the Sealed Book. This was a series that came to radio for only one season. 1945 It was produced and directed by Jock, which I think is a cool name. I would change my name to Jock. J O C K. Jacques McGregor. Jacques McGregor. It
4: sounds very uh, rugged.
3: Yeah, well, it's definitely rugged. (laughs) A mutual series, and it was written by Robert A. Arthur and David Cogan. And uh, it was all about this um, sealed book that had all these terror stories in it. We're listening to one called I'll Die Laughing from 1945. We'll get back to the sealed book on Hollywood 360 right after this. Each month, you'll receive 10 half-hour classic radio shows, along with historical liner notes. The 10 shows will be on five CDs or via digital download, whichever you prefer. You'll also receive an email every week with a digital link to the full five-hour Hollywood 360 radio show and the 30-minute Radio Rarities podcast that Lisa Wolf and I co-host. And now back to Hollywood 360 with Carl Amari. This is Hollywood 360. We're broadcasting on uh, nearly 200 radio stations from coast to coast. And um, we're on a ghost to ghost hookup, Lisa, because it is Halloween. Yeah, right?
4: Right, Carl. Huh? Huh? What do you think of that? Yeah, it was quick. I mean, I don't know.
3: (laughs) <laughs> That's why they pay me the big bucks, I know. you know? Yeah, same. <laughs> exactly. Um, yeah, so we're here every uh, every week. We come into the studio here and WIND Chicago. It's our flagship station. We broadcast all across the country, and then American Forces Radio carries us globally in 168 countries. We're on every naval ship at sea. And I got to tell you, our men and women... Uh, in the armed forces uh we really um really a shout out to them because uh we are in some serious uh situations right now least it's very sad, and we hope that um everyone stays safe and be careful out there and it's trying times in, in the world uh, and um so we are trying to do our best to entertain the uh, troops all across the the globe. With our uh, take their mind off their stress for a little while, right?
4: I also want to mention, really briefly, that Carl and I uh, went to a local Rotary group uh, this week and did a presentation about Hollywood 360 and the golden age of radio. And we played an episode of Lights Out and we had some fun. uh, old-time radio trivia, and uh, it was a really, uh, really great experience it for was. everyone. It
3: was. It was fun. It was yeah. a lot of fun. Um, yeah, we enjoy doing it. We, we enjoy speaking at um, colleges and campuses and rotaries and things like that. High schools. It's, yeah, yep. and um, try, to, um, try to introduce classic right. radio to people. Um, well,
4: they were very well-versed on yeah, classic radio. We they had really a great did. crowd and one who really did appreciate it, so it made it even better for us.
3: Absolutely, absolutely. Um, yeah, so uh, we're, we're broadcasting all over the world with our radio show each and every week. And if you are in a market that does not receive the full five-hour show and you would like to get the podcast, the full five-hour podcast, plus our Radio Rarities podcast, which is a hour-long podcast that we um, produce uh, and co-host, Lisa and I, and Mike produces it. Carl Shadow writes it. It's a scripted series where we take a very rare radio show and break it all down, talk about it, and then play it on the podcast. So you get Hollywood 360 plus Radio Rarities emailed to you every Monday by being a uh, podcast subscriber. So you can go to our website. That's the easiest way to subscribe. Go to Hollywood360radio.com, Hollywood360radio.com. And you can sign up for the podcast. You can do a monthly or you can do a lifetime podcast membership, one-time fee. You will get it sent each and every week for the life of the show. Plus, we're going to mail you a official Hollywood 360 coffee mug. Yeah?
4: It's really nice. We had a lot of listeners who received the mug and they take pictures of them drinking out of the mug or having they had little things in the mug, little snacks, little treats, and they send pictures to us, so it's really sweet. It
3: is. It is. And uh, do you use your mug at home? Do you drink in, out of your mug? I do uh, out of mine every morning. I
4: usually use the other mug. We had some oh. other Hollywood 360 mugs. Yeah, but I this... Like, that's a little bit larger. Yeah. So it depends what you're drinking. Well, you drink I your drink, Roma
3: wines out of there, right? I drink
4: hot water. <laughs>
3: <laughs> <laughs> Why aren't you using the new mug with our pictures on I it? I do
4: use that, but it's um, this, sometimes I just want like kind of an oversized mug. Yeah.
3: It yeah, depends those are what big. I'm drinking. Those are big. Those
4: are huge. Yeah.
3: Anyway, so go to Hollywood360radio.com, or if you want to sign up to the podcast uh, for the Lifetime Podcast, you can call us tonight. Talk to either Lisa or myself, 815-900-7535. That's 815 815- Nine hundred seven five three five. If we don't answer, leave your number, and we will try you back. All right, we're listening to The Sealed Book, a mystery and terror episode called I'll Die Laughing, hosted by Philip Clark. Here's the conclusion to The Sealed Book.
6: And now to continue the story as it is written in the sealed book. The doctor's examination showed heart failure to be the cause of Gimpy Garden's death, not an ancient Aztec's curse. In spite of the tragedy, John Dayton went ahead with his plans with undiminished enthusiasm. Laura, his wife, protested, but Harvey added his persuasion to John's, and at last she agreed to go on the treasure hunt with them. A week later, they were ready. John's car loaded with all the necessary equipment.
2: Harvey, I've hardly had a chance to speak to you all week. Before John comes and we start out, you must tell me, what are you planning?
1: Why, Laura, darling, we're just going on a treasure hunt. An expedition from which I expect to return with a fortune.
2: A fortune? From a lost cave? You're not serious.
1: Oh, but I am. It'll be a fortune that I can claim for my own after we return... A very beautiful fortune. You, my dear.
2: Harvey, you don't know what you're saying.
1: But I do. It's the only way out. It's what I had in mind when I sent Gimby to John in the first place. I've been thinking for a long time that John would have to have an accident.
2: Harvey, I'm afraid. You mustn't
1: be. Just leave everything to me. I'll know what to do when the time comes. And when we get back, we'll be able to be together always.
2: Yes, yes, I know. But suppose someone suspects. No
1: one will. After all, on an expedition of this kind, accidents are bound to happen. No one will be able to prove a thing against us. <laughs>
5: And just imagine how Gus Wilson and Duck Arnold will look when we invite them over and show them a couple of chests full of old Aztec jewelry. (laughs) Their eyes will pop right out of their heads.
2: (laughs) John, for heaven's sake, stop laughing. I can't
5: stand it anymore. Oh, what do you mean, stop laughing? Why, Laura, what's wrong with laughing? I like to laugh. And when I die, I hope I'll die laughing.
4: (laughs) Well, if you don't stop it, John, I'll die. (coughs)
6: After that, all three were silent as they drove. The afternoon of the second day, they turned off the highway and, carefully following Gimpy's chart, threaded their way through a series of narrow canyons until they reached a spot between two towering cliffs. Beside a great black rock gaped the dark mouth of a cavern. John directed the unloading of the car, then he led the other two a few feet into the mouth of the cavern, until he found there the end of a slender white string that led into the cave, losing itself in the darkness. Look, there's the string.
5: Well, was old Gimpy Gordon telling the truth or not? Certainly looks as if he was.
2: We're not going to explore the cavern now, are we? L- Let's wait until morning. Oh,
5: nonsense, my dear. Now is as good a time as any. Harvey, you and Laura go ahead with your flashlights. Laura can carry the rope and you carry the food. And I'll bring the grappling hook. All right, John. Ready, Laura? Now, oh, wait just a second. <laughs> I want to try this little special device I brought along to make sure we don't get lost. Huh? A bottle with a sprayed top and a colorless liquid in it. Huh? Why oh, don't get it, John. What's that for? I told you. It's to make sure we don't get lost. Now, watch. I'll spray some of the ink in this bottle on the wall of the cavern. There. Now I've sprayed a spot on the wall. Now, shine a flashlight on it. What, well, I don't see a thing. <laughs> That's because the ink is a special, invisible type. You see, the ink only shows up when you look at it through special glasses. Now, here, Harvey, put on these colored glasses. All right, John. What do you see? Why, George, you're right. The ink has a greenish glow when you look at it through the glasses. (laughs) Ah, you see, it works. I'm going to use this bottle to spray the ink on the walls of the cave, and it'll mark the proper passage. Oh,
4: John, you always have to amuse yourself with something silly like that, don't
5: you? It isn't silly. It'll give us a double check on the right route so we can't get lost. Now, you two start. I'll bring up the rear, and every ten feet, I'll squirt a little of this stuff on the wall. Then we won't have to worry about Gimpy's string. (laughs)
6: Uncertainly, the little party groped its way forward through winding passageways that opened constantly into dozens of other passages. They would have been lost in no time but for the slender white string that led them ever deeper in the echoing depths. Half an hour later, they came out into a great chamber far below the surface. Huge stalactites hung from the ceiling, glistening damply in the beams of their flashlight. They advanced a little way into the underground chamber and put down the ropes and other equipment they were carrying. A low gurgling and moaning of water echoed through the cavern. That's the sound Gimby mentioned,
5: Harvey. It means we've reached the devil's well. Look, over here. A round opening in the floor of the cabin. Yes, this is it, all right.
2: John, be careful.
5: Don't worry about me, Laura. You stay there with our equipment if you like. Say, water isn't gurgling anymore. No. Oh, but Gimpy said it came and went. Must be an underground stream causing it. Say, Harvey, shine your light. Hmm, a hundred feet at least. And to think there's a fortune down under that water. By George, before we go back, what do you say we drop the grappling hook down and see what we can find, huh? No? Yeah, sure. All
1: right, John, I'll admit I'm kind of curious myself.
5: (laughs) Harvey, get me the rope and the grappling hook, will you? We may bring
1: up one of those chests the first try. Of course, John, it won't take a second to try our luck. Uh, Laura, have you got the rope there?
2: Yes, right here. Harvey, you're you're not going to do it now?
1: Yes, yes, I am. There's no sense in waiting. We'll be out of here in 30 minutes, free to live our own life just as we wish.
5: Have you got that rope yet, Harvey?
1: It was tangled, John. I'm bringing it now. Just keep your nerve, Laura. It'll be all over in a minute. All right. Here's the rope, John, and the grappling hook, too. Oh, fine. Just give me a hand with it. (coughs) Harvey, what are uh, you doing? Just giving you the rope, John, but not quite as you expected. Yeah, Now I'll try to move your arms Well, I... You, you've bound my arms to my sides, Harvey What's the meaning of this? I'll tell you what it means, John It means that you're about to die Die? Have you gone crazy? You fool Why do you think I arranged this silly treasure trip anyway? You, you arranged it? Why,
5: I arranged That's it
1: That's what you think, but you're wrong Old Gimby Gordon came to me first with this ridiculous story And I passed him on to you And you're to give Laura and me a chance, the opportunity we needed to get rid of you
5: Laura, is this true? Are you in this with Harvey, this this murder plot? Harvey,
2: hurry. Please, hurry.
5: Oh, so it is true. You two brought me here to kill me. And I thought... (laughs) What a joke
1: on me. You won't think it's a joke for long. (laughs) because in just a minute, you're going down in that well, John. The story we'll tell is that you got tangled in the rope, tripped and fell in. If anyone comes to
5: fish out your body, John, it was an accident. <laughs> if anyone comes to fish up my body, <laughs> oh, that's a joke, Harvey. <laughs> you don't know how good a joke it is. <laughs> but you will. You will. <laughs> Bobby, make him stop laughing!
2: Make him stop laughing!
1: <laughs> now, make him stop.
2: Goodbye, John. <laughs> oh, oh. Harvey, he always said he'd die laughing, and he did, he did. Well,
1: Laura, put yourself together. It's all over now, do you hear? It's all over.
2: Yes, yeah. yes, yeah, I, I'm all right. Only let's get away from here. Let's get out of here. No!
6: And now to continue the story as it is written in the sealed book. Laura and Harvey, with a guilty feeling in their very souls, started back to the entrance of the cave, following always the trail of the slender white string. But their progress seemed so slow, all too slow in their hurry to get away from what they were leaving behind in the devil's well.
2: Harvey, hurry. Can't you go any faster?
6: No, Laura, I
1: don't dare to. If I tried to go any faster, the string might break and the. <clears throat>
2: What is it? Why have you stopped?
1: I've come to the end of the string.
2: What do you mean you can't have? We're not anywhere near the entrance yet.
1: The string ends here. It's tied to a piece of rock.
2: No, no, it can't end here. It must be broken. Look for the other end of it.
1: Oh, here's the rest of it, neatly coiled up on this ledge. And here's an envelope underneath it, a fresh white envelope.
2: It was, John. It's one of John's jokes, that's it. Quick, what does it say?
1: Dear Laura and Harvey... For some time, I've known what was going on between you two. It's time you were both taught a lesson. When old Gimpy Gordon came to me with his story, I saw my way clear to do so. And I have worked out a plan. A plan that will be in operation when you read this letter. This is my plan. As we enter the cave, I shall send you two on ahead. I shall follow and remove the string from the entrance of the cave to the point where you find this letter. After we have reached Devil's well, I shall contrive somehow to slip away from you two, leaving you alone together. Oh, no. You will, of course, follow the string back toward the mouth of the cave. But when you come to the end where this letter is, you will be forced to stop.
2: So, John, plan this. He wants to kill us. No,
1: wait. I shall be able to find my way in and out of the cave by means of the special luminous ink, which I shall spray on the walls as I go in. Oh. My colored glasses will enable me to see the ink, where your eyes will see nothing. I shall leave you alone in the cave for 12 hours. And if at the end of that time you can still stand the sight of each other, I shall cheerfully step out of the picture. Oh no! For during those 12 hours, you should get well acquainted with each other's true character. What a beast he is. You ask why I do this because Dr. Smith has told me that at best, I can hope to live not more than six months. No. And under the circumstances, I don't much care what happens. My little joke on you is all the punishment I care to inflict. At least you'll always remember that a man is not a fool just because he likes to laugh a lot. Signed, John Dayton. That's all of it, Laura.
2: Harvey. Harvey, listen. He's laughing, Harvey. He's laughing at us. Oh,
1: stop it, Laura. It's just your nerves. You've got to get a hold of yourself, or we'll never get out of here.
2: We never will, Harvey. That's why John laughed when you killed him. That's why he's laughing now.
1: Laura, pull yourself together.
2: He played a joke on us, and now he's laughing, laughing.
0: You
1: fool. We're going to get out of here. I tell you, we are. We're
2: not. We're not in a million years. We are,
1: I tell you, the same way John planned to get out. He marked the walls of the cabin with special luminous ink, didn't he? Well, those marks will lead us out too, do you hear? They'll lead us out. No,
5: no, they won't. You have to have special
1: glasses to see it. Yes, but we'll go back to the well where we left the equipment and get the glasses, and then we'll be all right. Oh, no, we won't.
2: That's why He's laughing because he had the glasses in his pocket... when you pushed him the Devil's Will,
4: Harvey. He? he has them in his pocket now.
6: And that is the tale of I'll Die Laughing... as it is written in the sealed book. For days, Laura and Harvey... wandered through one corridor after another seeking the entrance of the cave. John's laughter echoed in their ears as time and time again they ran into blank walls. Weeks later, a searching party found their bodies lying a scant hundred yards from the entrance of the cave. And now, keeper of the book, before you close the great book, show us the tale we tell next time. This one ah yes why this is amazing it's the tale of a mad killer who lived alone in a great country house that is until two murderers came to live with him a tale called (coughs) design for death be sure to be with us again next time when the sound of the great gong heralds another strange and exciting tale from (whistles) The Sealed Book. (whistles) The Sealed Book, written by Bob Arthur and David Cogan, is produced and directed by Jock McGregor.
3: All right, there you have a terrifying tale on the sealed book, I'll Die Laughing, from May 27th, 1945. And that uh, was hosted by Philip Clark. And, um, yeah, the uh, two writers, Arthur Robert A. Arthur David Kogan, they also wrote The Mysterious Traveler, Strange Doctor Weird, and several other creepy radio shows. So, um yeah, hope you enjoyed that. Time for this month in music history. And here's
4: our next Halloween song. You know what this is, Carl? Um he used to tease me with this song all the time. Hungry like a wolf. Yes. Ah. There it is. Duran Duran.
3: Hungry like a Lisa Wolf, right? That's right. Or thirsty for Roma wines. <laughs> Hungry,
4: thirsty, exactly. It's all me. <laughs> all right, thanks, Lisa. Sure.
3: More of Hollywood 360 after this short break. More Hollywood 360
0: after these important messages. And now back to Hollywood 360 with Carl Amari.
3: I hope you will want to check out our Bold Venture uh, Kickstarter website. In order to do that, just search Bold Venture Kickstarter. It'll take you to our website. We only have a couple more weeks to raise the funds necessary to transfer all 78 master recordings of the Humphrey Bogart-Lauren Bacall radio series, Bold Venture. And if you can help us get to our funding goal on Kickstarter, you will be sent the Bold Venture episodes based on your level of uh, support. You can get all 78 episodes, which includes 18 episodes, which are not in circulation, so they're the lost 18 shows Plus, you'll get all of the 78 episodes in pristine sound quality. You'll get these via digital download or on 39 CDs. And I know Lisa likes the digital downloads. I sure do. But Mike and I like the CDs. you got
4: to be different.
3: So do help us get to our funding goal. We're about halfway there, thanks to our incredible listeners. Um, if we can... Uh, get through the uh, transfer process of Bold Venture, we're going to move on to Boston Blackie. All 218 episodes of Boston Blackie, the complete run. So do help us, go to Kickstarter Bold Venture or Bold Venture Kickstarter. Either one will get you to our Kickstarter website. And please help us fund the transfer process of Bold Venture. In our next hour, Dinah Shore stars in a lights out episode you won't want to miss that 1942 plus we're gonna play is it real or is it ridiculous the music edition and maybe just maybe lisa one of us will win a pizza that will be me i hope so that's all in our next hour stick around Uh it's time to
0: rethink